You're listening to the Comic Book Informer Podcast with Vincent Raj, a podcast for everyone from comic nerds to comic noobs. You know who you are. Now here's your host, Vince. Hello, everybody, and welcome to issue 122 of the Comic Book Informer podcast. We are coming to you on May 7th. As usual, I'm Vince, along with Raj. How are you doing today, man? I had a ton of free comics to read. It was great. <laughs> free comics is awesome. So, yes, uh, this past weekend was Free Comic Book Day, and uh, yeah, I know you, you know, went, uh, <laughs> one would say, a little too much, too much uh, out. How was your, uh, your Saturday? Well, I actually, what I planned to do was to get there... Before the doors open. That's what we did last year. And um, there was a lineup outside kind of thing. And then just shoot the breeze with the people that were there. And, and it was fun. And what I'd wanted to do this year was just bring a recorder with me and talk to a few people in the lineup kind of thing. But as it would happen, it was like, <laughs> it, it wasn't happening. <laughs> it was a bad day. So I was on my painkillers already. So we just kind of thought we'd go early afternoon. Um, there was obviously no lineup outside, but still a whole bunch of people kind of thing. And um, we hit two comic book shops. So I actually, I had the crutches as well. I needed those. <laughs> and I, I walked the like five or six city blocks to get to the second shop. By the time I got there, it was like I was melting. I was like dripping all over the comics. It's like, I, <laughs> I can't stay in here. This is not right for the owner. <laughs> But uh, but no, we picked up a whole bunch of them. I, I honestly, I don't know which ones. I didn't look at the full list of what was available, so I don't know if I missed anything. But we sure came away for with a hell of a haul. Mm-hmm. And as is always important, supported the shop owners by buying oh, some actual comics while we were there as well. I picked up the still had uh, um, uh, Invincible Universe number one. So Ooh. it was like, buy a copy of that sucker, frame that. I love <laughs> the cover. It looks fantastic. Yeah, I actually, um, I, I've gone several times on this show talking about uh, how much I hate my local comic shop. Uh, so I tend to when I when I actually visit a, an actual comic shop, I go to the one uh, up north, but it's like a, you know a half hour drive. But it's a great shop. But uh, the local shop is actually under new ownership now, so I check them out, and it's so much different going in there now because you know they're friendly, they're nice. Like it's it's a place you want to shop instead of just you know a place that has the FedEx truck drop off some boxes and, you know, wait for people to come in and buy their stuff. So uh, it's great that I now have a, another local shop that I'm happy to support instead of kind of forced to support. Yeah. So uh, they, they, you know, they didn't have any, you know, the big signings and stuff like the big store up north did. But it, it was just it's, it was a fun little experience. Um, bought some trade paperbacks, uh, got some Ultimate Spider-Man, uh, got another copy of uh, Mighty Skull Kickers just because I love that cover so much. <laughs> so now I have one that's like in the reading pile and one that like I'm legitimately like collecting just because I love it. And never go, never going to be opened. It's sealed in a bag. <laughs> yeah, the people that work at the comic shop, well, one of the ones that we went to, uh, which happens to be the, the bigger one too, they have a, a bigger staff and it's, it's a younger group of people and they're enthusiastic about it and they're friendly. They're outgoing and like they have the games going on. They have the, the comic book stuff. There was a whole bunch of people cosplaying too. It was, it was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. All right. So as for the actual comics, uh, I guess we'll start off with Marvel. Uh, they they had two out this year, at least that I saw. Uh, the first was infinite kind of a, uh, teasing the uh, the big infinity event they have coming up later this year by Hickman and certainly read like a Hickman comic 
taken completely out of context. Yeah, yeah. If you are not following what's going on with this, you are lost. Like, and I'm not entirely sure what they were going for here, like marketing wise. Like free comic book days when you get in a lot of people who haven't been reading the comics regularly. This is your chance to to grab that new reader and like a couple of years ago, they they did a great job of that. They had that Spider-Man issue that we loved. Uh, last year was a bit iffy. And this year, like if you're a new reader and you picked this up, I don't think you're going to be that interested in coming back. Well, it's, again, it's well written. It's just that you're going to be lost. Yeah. So to me, there's not much fun in that. Although mm. what I did really enjoy about this issue is they had that small little backup at the end for the uh, new graphic novel that they have coming out in October by Warren Ellis and Mike McCone, Avengers Endless Wartime. And just from the couple pages there, it, it's a must-buy for me. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah I, the, I love Warren Ellis as it is and him writing an Avengers book. Like the exchanges with Cap between like Jarvis yes, and, and yeah. the, Hawkeye, the Hawkeye one was brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Like the Infinity stuff, again, it, it was – it was well written. It was good. It's just that it was like right out of left field for people like myself who haven't. And and I think that for me, even I, I read like the infinite uh, the the stuff with the Thanos and all that. Not like in full depth, but quite a bit of it. And even I'm reading this, going, "Who the hell are all these people? <laughs> like, what what is this? The art if, was. If amazing, it makes you feel any better, I had no idea who oh, they man. were aside from Thanos. Man, the art was just insanely gorgeous, though. Oh, yes. Jesus. When he shows the box with the broken sword, it was like, oh, that's <laughs> great. <laughs> All right. Uh, so did you check out uh, Marvel's other offering, the Hulk and the Agents of Smash? Oh, my God. That was stupid. Yeah, but, it, I mean, it. We, again, you got to look at it as the intended audience, which was definitely not us. This is for the kids series that's going to be on TV, obviously. So in that regard, I mean, it's, it's probably going to bring in some viewers to the show when it comes out, but I really didn't have much use for this myself. Mm -hmm. The main thing that bothered me here, and I'm not sure if this is true about the uh, other animated series tie-ins they're putting out. Um, Cause they have comics for uh, Avengers assemble and ultimate Spider-Man, the cartoon version. But what they did here was they didn't actually have any original artwork. It was just stills taken from the TV series yeah. and then like repurposed for a comic book. So that made it very awkward to read. Like if they didn't have a still that, you know, quite had the motion they were trying to do, they just, you know, put in some motion blur and it looked, it was very off putting. I agree. I agree. Now then again, you know, if, if, they're obviously going for a, a young cartoon audience here. So I suppose it worked on that level, but you know, it definitely wasn't for me. Yeah. Well, it was the same as the Batman one. It's mm -hmm. like, well, and the same in terms of just the, the style and the, the content kind of thing. Not, not that it was stills from the show, but it was geared very much for a very young audience that would be watching those animated shows. All right. So uh, on that same tone, moving over to DC, they had the DC Nation Super Sampler, which I'm going to be honest, I actually didn't even really read because it didn't interest me. Well, I, I looked through some of it. I, I did, in fact, read the um, the Batman one, which was fairly bad. But I mean, if you're a young audience, you'll love it. But I didn't have much use for it. Mm -hmm. And then we had the Superman Last Son of Krypton, which was really cool looking. It had that nice new 52 cover. And then inside was a reprint of Action Comics from six years ago. They're not the only ones that did that, though. The Walking Dead Completely was out of context. Completely out of current continuity. <laughs> I, I, 
I don't know. I have you know, no idea what the purpose of this was. The purpose was to flip through to the end of the comic book so that you could read the mini inter- interview with Scott Snyder and Jim Lee. That was the only reason to read this. Pretty much. Yeah. It was a good interview too. Because yeah, it's not like they even gave you the whole story or it's not like you can go out, you know, this week and buy, you know, Superman and get the rest of the story. This was published six years ago. <laughs> Again, it made me really look forward to what Snyder and oh, yes, Lee are absolutely. going to be doing. That's, that was the purpose of this. Mm-hmm. All right. So we had the Walking Dead comic from Image that you were talking about. Which and is a reprint. It was? Because yeah. I, I didn't remember any of this. Yeah. Yeah. This was uh, from, I wish I could tell you, but I've read this story before. Maybe it was uh, one of the one shots they did or something? Because I, I don't remember it, this. Yeah, because it, it, this is, I've read this before. Okay. So it had the origins for Michonne, Tyrone, Morgan, and the governor. Uh, Tyrone was completely forgettable. Morgan I enjoyed, but not so much for the character development, just of showing that uh, even after the apocalypse, there's not much you can do to get between a kid and his video games. (laughs) Uh, I actually kind of enjoyed the Michonne one, and I was liking the governor one until the, the little twist at the end where he killed his assistant. I was like, well... I, they, like they could have done something with you know showing that he started off with at least some reasonably acceptable intentions, but you know now they just made him pure evil from the start. I I didn't wasn't crazy about this the first time I read it, and certainly wasn't this time either. But of course, you know, Walking Dead is you know, the hot property right now, and you know these are the you know the four characters that really made an impact this season. You know, we had Tyrone show up, of course, Michonne and the Governor were major parts of the TV show, and I stopped watching, but I heard Morgan showed back up again at the end of season three. See, and that's partially also why I really didn't care as much because it felt so forced. It yeah. was these are the characters that are quote-unquote hot right now because of the TV show. So let's just show their origin stories. And it was like, eh. And then, again, going by the premise of, you know, you want your free comic book day to get people to read the comic. Well, three of the characters featured in here dead. (laughs) So it doesn't really carry over to the monthly very well. All right. And then also from Image, uh, specifically the Top Cow imprint, we had Aphrodite 9. I... I'm not quite sure what to think about this. Really? Because you know what I got to tell you? I think this was one of my favorites of all the free comics. I freaking love I, this. I don't know. I, had, I just had a hard time getting into it. Okay. I, I can't say it was bad. I just, I, I couldn't quite, it didn't grab me. It, it was one of those things where, again, it's a kind of story that we've seen before. The, the, um, the gene splicers versus the technologically advanced uh, class kind of thing. And so it had some of the same things, but the, the manner in which it was handled was superb and larger than life. You've got them riding in on friggin' drakes, fighting these, you know, drone things and whatnot. And maybe if the art had been only so-so, then you oh, yeah. really wouldn't care as much. The art but was the art insane. in this is, I cannot... I can't understand how somebody can do art this good. I, I, I mean, just, it, was, it was photorealistic. It, in, at some points. It, yeah. Although I think at the points where it was a little too photorealistic was where I kind of thought. Yeah, yeah, it had that no, uncanny valley. I didn't like that. But when it was just insanely stylish and gorgeous and it, 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 it did suck me in. I liked, I liked the characters. I liked everything about this. This, is, this did its job because now I want to see more of this series and I'll pay for it. I, mm-hmm. I love this. 
See, it, it's what I'm probably going to have to give another shot, you know, when I don't have a giant pile of comics to also read through and I can kind of give it some time. But as I said, it looked great. I just the story didn't really grab me. Yeah. Well, again, there's not a ton of original stuff here, but it's well handled. It's well presented and it's drop dead friggin gorgeous. So, mm-hmm. yeah, no, I'll definitely be reading more of this. Mm hmm. All right, and I'm sure you read the Mass Effect comic from Dark Horse, right? Yes, I did, yeah. We got an awesome Joker story, and now I want an entire ongoing series of just the adventures of Jeff because I loved it. Yeah, it wasn't very long, but completely true to character, and it was really nice to read. Mm-hmm. The art could have been better, but... Man. Yeah, def- definitely. Yeah. But no, it was very good. Especially since we've seen so much great art from the previous Mass Effect yes. comics. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Also from Star or also from Dark Horse, I checked out the Star Wars one. I and did not I, yet. I said, you know, I'm not really digging the current ongoing Star Wars just because, you know, the time period they have it set in. They really can't do anything with the characters since it takes place in between two of the movies. But of course on the other hand, this comic was friggin' awesome. Oh, yeah. It was um Darth Vader on the the Super Star Destroyer. That, that he was had in uh, episodes five and six. And the captain of the Star Destroyer, you know, was kind of trying to assert his territory and set up an assassination attempt on Darth Vader. At the same time, Boba Fett happened to be coming in for a mission. So basically you had Darth Vader and Boba Fett against the <laughs> Imperial military. <laughs> it was insane. Like Darth Vader is outside of the ship. You know, he can exist in a vacuum because of his his uh, suit using the force to hold himself down on the, on the hull while fighting tie fighters with his lightsaber. It was awesome. Okay. I'll have to check it out. (laughs) The story itself was, yeah, it was okay. But Darth Vader fighting tie fighters while riding a star destroyer. Uh, it also had some backups uh, with a uh, Captain Midnight, which is an old school hero or whatever. It's kind of skimmed over that, but also had some of the Avatar stuff. And God, I really need to read those. No, yeah, the Avatar stuff has been so friggin' good. It's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, another one I read was from Dynamite. It was called Damsel's Mermaids. Did you check that one out? I started reading it and I stopped. Mm. So. I actually really enjoyed it. It kind of had, you know, a good dark fairy tale feel to it. I, I liked what it did. Okay. I I have such a big stack going on here that if it doesn't kind of grab me mm-hmm. at least a little right away, I'm putting it aside to read it later. So it just, it struck me too much as one of the fables, comics kind of thing, one of the, a story you'd seen there. And those have never really been my strong suit. I, so yeah. I, I will get, I'll, I'll get to it and I'll read it, but. I say, if anybody is into kind of like that that fairy tale feel, I, I think it did a great job of really capturing that that whole aesthetic here. Yeah, cool. All right. Uh, I also read Molly Danger and Princeless from Action Labs. I did not. Okay. Molly Danger was you know just a fun little you know all ages adventure you know with a you know a young female it's hero. Not so an all ages adventure. Hmm? It is not an all ages. This, this is for 12-year-old girls. Well, this is true. <laughs> and Vince. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I've heard of so many good things about Princeless that I was – that that's the reason I checked this one out. And I thought it was uh, pretty cool. Like, you know, not something I would read. But, you know, if you have somebody who would be interested in such a thing, then it, it's definitely solid. I mean, it's 
it takes the traditional trope of, you know, the damsel in distress and turns it on its head that the damsel is the one going around rescuing people. So you have these uh, these former, you know, captured princesses who are now going around being heroes on their own. So that's why it's called Princeless. Hmm. So, you know, if you have a daughter, I'd say it's a pretty solid read. Right. Yeah. All right. Uh, Scratch nine from Hermes Press. It was it was cool. I, I liked it. Not something I would read regularly, but I mean, it's an Eisner award-winning comic uh, for again a and a young reader group. So uh, again, for I felt it was a pretty decent uh, kids comic. I didn't read it. No. Okay, then moving on <laughs> from Arcana, Steam Engines of Oz. Dude, that was awesome. <laughs> yes, I mean, Ar- Arcana has kind of set had set aside a, a niche for themselves as being you know the go to place for steampunk comics, and they didn't disappoint with a steampunk Wizard of Oz. No, they didn't. No, it was it was really nicely done too. I was curious how it would be done and and things like that, and I wanted something where it wasn't Oz hitting you in the face. You know, it's it's not quite obvious always that you're reading a Wizard of Oz kind of story. So I like that and I love the steampunk aspects to this. It was really well done and again, largely because the art is so amazing in this as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it this was, it, it's definitely on my radar now, something I'm going to be looking out for. Yeah, definitely. Alright, uh, I was actually really happy to see that 2000 AD put out a, a free comic book issue because uh, 2000 AD has been around God forever, and you know they're they're very popular over in England, and you know they they, they have some success over in America, quite simply just due to the fact that they published Judge Dredd. But the great thing about 2000 AD is that you know it's a, it's a it's an anthology. Yeah, there's just a number of different stories going on in every issue that they put out. So here you got some Judge Dredd, you got some some other stuff, and 2000 AD is just like. They they just let their writers kind of run with what they want to do. It's you know it's all has a kind of a sci-fi twist to it, but basically no holds barred, and it's something I enjoy, but something I very rarely actually get to read. Yeah, no, I didn't check it out yet. Okay, and then the last one I read, and I was very happy that they were back this year because they skipped last year, and that was New England Comics putting out again a free issue of The Tick, and I, I love The Tick. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's really nothing more I can say than it was a Tick comic and I was very happy to read a Tick comic. <laughs> I will read it, but I have not yet. All right. So that's all I read. What else okay, did you I have? I got a crap load of other ones that I read. Uh, first and foremost, the uh, Mouse Guard one. It is... Again, I, I, the, the Archaea stuff this? is so hard to come by. <laughs> okay, it, yeah, no. It disappears I, immediately. This is one of those, again, same as last year, there's multiple stories. There's a, a, a little story for Mouse Guard and then for Labyrinth and for uh, Rust, which was a cute little story, actually. I, I enjoyed it. And some other stuff, too. Um, but uh, the, the main story for Mouse Guard is actually... It, it shows, once again how phenomenal David Peterson is at presenting a story and not just in the, you know, normal fashion that you, you, you get when you have the, the traditional panel layout and things like that. And, and the manner in which the story is told, no, this is the characters inside are telling a story. So then all of a sudden the art is a different and each page is this, this wonderful piece with the the art and the um the 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 words all 
together as if it was printed in this this you know fantasy fable book kind of thing and it's a cute little story as well of these um a contest for what is one of the most fairest and talented little mice female mice and for her to find a suitor kind of thing and it's just this phenomenal little romantic story so i really liked it a lot it was so well done i'm very upset that for the second year in a row i couldn't get the archaea stuff so they didn't even have it there they didn't have like any at at least not at the time i got there like i wasn't there before they opened man that sucks as it was good i enjoyed it a lot i'm quite happy i have it same as there's stuff from before. I mean, it's just every year it's a phenomenal thing. Last year was the hardcover though, wasn't it? Yes, it yeah. was. Yeah. See, last year, last year I had to pay for to get a comic <laughs> book shop in New York to ship me two of the hardcovers, one for my son and one for myself. So well, I, I guess the hardcover the, was impressive enough last year that people still wanted this year's offering. Oh yeah. No, it was, again, I really liked it a lot. Um, Atomic Robo was in there um and it's a good little atomic robo story there's not a ton to it it's just him kind of fighting another robot kind of thing um but it's cool it was fun action kind of thing uh and it is one of those where once again it i really need to go back and find some trades of yeah atomic robo because we, we read the free issue last year and loved it yeah but. <laughs> i need to read more of this i definitely do um there was also a brody troll little kid story kind of thing in there which you can definitely do without, but it was cute, but more for a much younger audience. Um, the, let's scroll down here. The Hulk you talked about. Oh, this marble season thing. <laughs> you were talking about that last night. <sighs> Seriously, dude, I, I hate to rag on comics, but it's just <laughs> all over the place, like all over the place. And I mean, the art is very, the art would fit in the fifties, forties and fifties kind of thing. Um, very, very simple. And I mean, it's, it's not terrible, but it's, it's a style that has come and gone a long time ago, but the story itself is just, it's all over the place with this kid following him around <laughs> and, the, and the different things. And there's little moments where you think, oh, this might be deeper than it appears on the certain. No, no, it's not. No. And so, I, yeah, no, no, I didn't have much use for that. Um, and then I, I skimmed through this SpongeBob. I had to. <laughs> I had to. Um, and the, other, the only other one that I really wanted to mention was this uh, Worlds of Aspen. Which, on the surface, thought I thought, oh, this is just going to be some stupid, let's just put young girls in bikinis kind of thing. Uh, yeah, that, that I, I passed over that one because traditionally that's pretty much been Aspen's go-to audience. Yeah, so there was a lot of that. But the story has a potential, actually. Again, the type of story that we've seen many times before kind of thing with this faction warring against this one and and especially with what we've seen in the past with different um series that do something with the atlanteans versus this you know surface dwellers kind of thing so you have that kind of story going on and then she is the in between kind of thing and she has some abilities whatnot 
I don't know how much more I would read, but I would probably give it a shot just to see if the story remains engaging. Overall, the writing wasn't terrible. It, it, in, in, at parts, it was good. I, again, don't need to see young teenage girls' pelvic bones, so that's a downside for me personally. Um, I'm sure other people will disagree and enjoy that, but I don't know. It, it, it has potential, and the 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 scenes underwater are justifiably really, really well drawn. They're They're, they're absolutely stunning. I don't know. I'd read maybe one or two to see if the story's worth it. Mm-hmm. And that's about it, actually. Oh, okay. So overall, uh, again, just like last year, the major companies kind of disappointed, but a great offering from you know the, the other indies that really get themselves out there, put out a quality product, and hopefully are attracting some customers. Yeah, and there are more. Like I've literally the stack is right beside me here. Oh I've yeah, it's, massive, it's insane, massive stack. So I will be reading more of these. And if there is anything that really justifiably gets my interest, which a few of the just the covers alone were enough to pique my interest, like it's I will make sure to if it's good buy some of the actual issues, and then if it's worth it, we'll bring it on the show and talk about it, regardless of who publishes it. Yeah, good times. All right, so for the non-free comics that we've been reading this week, uh, first I want to talk about Hawkeye. We had issue nine come out, and it was taking the uh, the event that we saw at the end of issue eight. I don't really want to talk about it because it'll make me sad. But showing the uh, the perpetrator, the villain behind it, and kind of his origin and his personality. And it's it says a lot about the overall quality of the Hawkeye comic that I'm disappointed when they have just an above average comic come out. Like it wasn't as mind blowingly amazing as the previous eight issues. So it was just like, Oh, that was pretty good. And then I was disappointed. I was disappointed because it was pretty good. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And then also Iron Man, we had uh, issue nine come out this past weekend, starting the secret origin of Tony Stark. Um, I'm going to need to give it another issue or two before I can really weigh in on the actual story itself because it looks like they're doing some major uh, tinkering and possibly some retconning with the whole past of the Stark legacy. Uh, but we had Dale Eaglesham on art for this story arc. And, God, this I want every Iron Man comic to look like this. He, <laughs> he, he did a great job. And it's so fantastic because that means I can not hate myself for having to read it freaking Greg Land comic. Yeah, really. <laughs> but also on that subject, I also want to briefly talk about the Iron Man movie, which I saw on Saturday. And I'm not going to get into any spoiler-related stuff. And there's been so much discussion about the movie because it, there's definitely a very mixed bag of reactions to it. And that's actually a good thing. Uh, everybody should see a creative work in different ways. Some people are going to love it. Some people are going to hate it. There's going to be a lot of people in between. Personally, I'd say like as a film and, and you know the, thor- the story structure and stuff, it w- definitely had its flaws. There was a lot of things that you kind of just had to go with for the purpose of the story. Uh, fridge logic, as Alfred Hitchcock used to call it, because you don't really realize the gaps of the story until you know after the movie and you're back at home with your head in the fridge. Uh, there's it really dragged in the middle. There was this side story where Tony ends up in Tennessee dealing with this little kid and. It, that whole bit probably could have been cut out and, and the movie probably went a little better for it because, yeah, you had some fun little comedy stuff and a little bit of character development. But overall, I think it just brought down the the, the total pacing of the movie. Uh, 
the Mandarin was, of course, the big thing going into the movie. And there's a multitude of reactions to, you know, how the movie handled his portrayal. Because ever since we first found out about the movie, the big question was going to be, how are they going to do the Mandarin in a film? Like, they've done a lot of crazy stuff, as we've seen in previous Iron Man movies and then with the Avengers. But even by that standards, the Mandarin is kind of a hard pill to swallow as a character. But... In my opinion, I absolutely loved it. Ben Kingsley was brilliant in that role. And, and uh, <laughs> I cannot praise their, their decision-making there in, enough. And then just overall, the, the main complaint I, I've heard from a lot of my friends at least was there wasn't enough actual Iron Man in the movie. They, they, a lot of it was tearing Tony Stark down and you know just kind of having him deal with try and deal with things without having all of his technology behind him. And I actually liked that because as I've said, uh, we mentioned, I mentioned this last night, Batman kind of has to be Batman to do anything. See, There's I not a whole lot with that, Bruce though. Wayne. Huh? I disagree with that though. The, which isn't to say that the latest Batman was good because of it, because mm-hmm. it kind of wasn't, but there was a bunch of other reasons for that. I sure. think you can have a good Batman story where there are, is more of Bruce than Batman. I, but I'm but I'm saying from like a heroic standpoint, there's there's plenty of Bruce Wayne as a character can do, but as far as like fighting supervillains, he's fairly limited in what he can do because he always has to at least be Batman to do his thing. Is what I'm saying. Meh. Whereas Tony Stark doesn't necessarily need the armor. You take away to- the armor, and you still have you know the genius inventor who can get things done as a public persona. He doesn't have to hide. He doesn't have to wear the mask. He can still be himself and still get things done. And I liked that they built up both aspects of the character, especially since the whole point of the movie was after what happened in the Avengers. You know, this massive war that uh, going into another wormhole in space and almost dying and all the crazy stuff that happened to Iron Man in the movie. And we see that it's having a tremendous psychological effect on him. He's having trouble sleeping. He's having anxiety attacks. And it really allowed him to build up his own personality, really realizing that he doesn't need Iron Man. That's, that's how the movie starts off with, you know, he needed the armors and, you know, that's what he spent all of his time with. And over the course of the film, we saw Tony Stark develop instead of Iron Man. And I like that that's what they did, at least because I'm assuming we're not going to get another solo Iron Man movie after this. And it kind of closed off the character arc that they've started back in the first movie. And I, I enjoyed what they did overall. Hmm. I haven't seen so, it yet, so. so I said, in the end, it's a flawed movie, but I still found it ultimately very enjoyable. Cool. All right. That's, that's enough of me. Yeah, that was quite a bit for you. Okay, fine. Seeing as we don't have a lot of time, I'll only do one. Um, the new Superior Spider-Man. Where he is trying to finally get rid of the remnants of Parker. I, and I was going to put that in there, but I figured you would want it. Oh, dude, it was awesome. It was awesome. You know what is really funny? And now uh, here is a testament to Slot's ability to win us over with this concept. And I know he always said, you know, you'll have to wait and see. There's a whole bigger plan and you'll, you'll like it later on and all that. And, and again, I still maintain a lot of what I said earlier on, but it's been long enough now. And we've had so much going on and we've gotten used to it that when I was reading it and before the big battle in the brain kind of thing, and then you get that and I'm thinking, oh, don't let it be done yet. (laughs) I'm really hoping this isn't where Parker regains his brain and then it goes back to that again. I'm thinking, not yet. Eventually, yes. But I'm actually having fun with this now. 
drag it out a little bit more if you have to, <laughs> which is of course what happens. Um, I love the way he handled the story and the fight inside of his head and things like that, relying on several cliches, of course, but done well enough to make it well worth it. And seeing how Otto is so full of himself now and has deluded himself so much that he is the better Spider-Man and that he deserves it, even though he stole it. Um, And then you're getting that fight between the amazing Spider-Man versus the superior Spider-Man. And he is better. He's beaten the crap out of him. (laughs) Uh, It was great. I love the issue. Absolutely phenomenal. (laughs) As with everything that we've seen from Dan Slott's Spider-Man God, since day one, the absolute best part of it is the fan reactions. <laughs> because they're, they're, there's such an emotional roller coaster some of these people are going through. I love it. <laughs> well, this was really, really good. Absolutely fantastic. Mm-hmm. And that's it? Yeah, we'll stop it there. Okay, fine. All right, so as for this week's new releases, from Marvel, we have Alpha Big Time, number four, Astonishing X-Men, number 62, kind of the epilogue of the extermination crossover that they just had, Avengers, number 11, Avengers Assemble, number 15 AU, Avenging Spider-Man, number 20, uh, this month is a chameleon story, Thor, God of Thunder, number eight, Ultimates, number 24, Uncanny Avengers, number eight, and Uncanny X-Force, number four. From DC, we have Batman, uh, Batman and the Red Hood, which is just Batman and Robin retitled until there's an actual Robin. Demon Knights and Suicide Squad, all bringing issue 20s, as well as Constantine number three. And rounding out the list from Avatar, we actually have Uber number one from Dark Horse, Star Wars number five. And since I enjoyed it, I put it up there. Dynamite has the first actual issue of Damsel's Mermaids. And from Image, we have Prophet number 35 and Walking Dead number 110. So that looks like it's going to wrap us up here for this issue of Comic Book Informer. As always, you can find us online at comicbookinformer.com or on Twitter at CB Informer. And until next week, thanks for listening. <laughs>